This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Yeah, I know. Hang on a second. I think there's someone following me. Yeah, I have my bolt right here. I'll be safe. Don't be a victim to a would-be attacker. Carry the Taser Bolt and stay safe. With one simple tap of the button, the Taser Bolt delivers a powerful, continuous 30-second volt of electricity without requiring you to hold down or touch the device, giving you time to take your attacker down and escape safely. Taser International will even replace your bolt upon sending them a copy of the police report free of charge. Get it now at pjsafety.com. While you're there, explore our family of non-lethal personal defense products to increase your defense capability and safety. Be proactive and get to PJSafety.com and choose from thousands of easy-to-use personal defense products right now. Tasers, stun guns, sprays, security alarms, and more. PJSafety.com. That website again, PJSafety.com. Your safety begins at PJSafety.com. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. The city of Chicago has recorded its 1,000th gunshot victim. Welcome to the program. Let that sink in for a minute. 1,000 people in 2016, we're only into April, folks, have been struck by gunfire in the great city of Chicago. Where's the outrage? You know, I said that we were going to tear into, drill down, peel the layers back on this police accountability task force full report that was issued last week. I touched on it a little bit and I said we're going to get into it deeper and we need to. The reason we need to get into it deeper is because this is an assault on the profession of policing. This is a continuation of the war on police. And the reason why you should find this disconcerting It's because this is a national trend by some anti-police forces to totally transform the profession of policing and to make it into something that it isn't. And to make it into something that is going to be dangerous for good law-abiding people like you. And if you think just because you don't live in or near the American ghetto that you're safe, you're not. Crime and violence are like water. They seek their own level and keep it out temporarily, but you can't keep it out for good. It will find some crack, some crevice, some way to penetrate and damage. And you know I'm on a mission to defend the American police officer because we are on the front lines We're on the front line of the rule of law. And the overarching goal of these anti-police forces is to weaken the police. To immobilize them into such a state that they no longer have the will to enforce the rule of law. The goal of these Anarchists, these anti cop idiots, is to destabilize this country. Please understand that. That is the goal. 
and they have found what they think is a weak link right now, currently anyway, attack the police, the war on cops, and everybody's chiming, chiming in, including responsible political figures. So when I saw this thing rear its ugly head, I said to myself once again, this has to be destroyed. This report is junk. It's like every other report that you're going to see when, a, when the United States Department of Justice comes in and goes after a police department or a law enforcement agency. Eric Holder wrote the blueprint for this in his investigation of the Ferguson Police Department from March of 2015. This is the boilerplate language that every one of these reports that have come out after have followed. They've used the same emotional anecdotal nonsense supported by no evidence. They've manipulated statistics to fit their narrative. They make claims that they cannot support with evidence. And in the end, the finding is always just this police department is full of racists and it needs to be transformed, remade, redone. And we're already seeing that that is having catastrophic consequences to good law-abiding minorities in the American ghetto. Look at the rising crime rates. I started this program by saying the 1,000th person, citizen in the city of Chicago has been struck by gunfire. They've recorded 1,000 people. That doesn't include the, the, the homicides. But think of this yourself. What would go through your mind if you were shot? I mean, you'd be horrified if you survived it. Your friends and relatives would be horrified because this isn't part of your landscape. But when you live in the American ghetto, when you live in the city of Chicago, when you live in the city of Baltimore, when you live in the city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in L.A., they're also seeing an uptick uptick in in, in, uh, crime and violence. It's part of the landscape. It's everyday life. Gunshots all around you. It hardly even alarms people anymore. Sure, they hit the deck. Trust me, these folks know what to do when they hear gunshots ring out. They hit the deck. But other than that, they get up, they look around, feel around a little, well, I didn't get shot, it wasn't me. And they just move on. That's pathetic in the United States of America. This is not some third world, sub-Saharan African warring country that lives continually with tribal conflict. This is the United States of America. Chicago is President Obama's adopted hometown. He's had very little to say except to attack the NRA when this stuff happens and to attack attack the gun lobbies and to attack you good law-abiding gun owners. 
That's his response. He protects the criminal. He doesn't call for longer jail and prison sentences upon conviction. He doesn't call for harsher penalties. He's emptying the federal prisons as we speak. So I look at this stuff and I read it and I'm just, I don't know, I'm appalled. Do you know how much crime and violence I've seen in my 38 years in policing? A lot. I'm appalled by this. Where's black lives matter? They need to open up a branch in the city of Chicago and staff it 24-7 to complain and decry the violence, the black-on-black violence. Yeah, I know that's an uncomfortable thing for these folks. It's one of those inconvenient truths that this mayhem is being committed by their own people on their own people. But I'm not going to let them get away with it. They have made the police the scapegoat. And in the next segment, we're going to get into this report a little deeper. We're going to do a deep dive, deconstruct it. Folks, we have to do this. We have to do this. Because if we don't, it becomes the standing narrative. And we can't have that happen. It is going to have severe consequences for the rule of law, for law-abiding society. So when we come back, I'm going to dissect this thing a little bit. You know, you know I'm going to save you the, the, the reading. It's about 22 pages of the executive summary. My understanding, they haven't released their, all of the, uh, the report they won't at this point because it's junk. We're going to deconstruct this. I'll have some comments on it. And then I'll play an interview later in the program that I have with the Chicago radio station who asked me to comment on it. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck a description of why people support Donald Trump. There's not a lot of policy that's discussed right now. You'll notice that. It's all about the establishment, cheating, people doing bad things to you, taking away what's yours, you know, making America great again. It's the sort of terminology you would expect to get a, a mob of people on a street riled up. And it's working. It's working very well. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Okay, so I want to use this story to preface drilling down into this police accountability task force report about the city of Chicago police. This is taken from the Chicago Tribune. April 19th, that's just this past week. Mom of toddler shot in head. Her quote, it's safe nowhere in Chicago. Kelly Chapman sat on the bed in Stronger Hospital's emergency room with her daughter, Chloe, just a few weeks shy of her second birthday, and asked her where it hurt. The child pointed to herself and said, me. 
Chapman drew her close and kissed the side of the girl's neck away from where a bullet was lodged in the back of her head. Everything was a blur, Chapman said Monday, recalling the hours after Chloe was shot. It was all about holding her and being there with her. Chapman and her daughter arrived Friday afternoon by ambulance, where the toddler's uh, aunt drove her after someone shot at their car in the North Austin neighborhood. Chloe was sitting in the back seat after her aunt picked her up from the daycare center. They were heading to meet Chapman, the mom. According to the police, the car was heading west on Lemoyne Street when someone in an eastbound silver car started shooting. It's not clear at whom, and a single bullet pierced the trunk and flattened before lodging at the base of the girl's skull. Remember when I asked you earlier, imagine yourself being shot. Imagine your two-year-old, your four-year-old, your 17-year-old child shot randomly, just driving down the street. Now, I'm not going to apologize. I'm outraged at this crap. Back to the story here. Her aunt looked into the back seat after the shooting and saw blood everywhere. All I remember was talking on the phone. This is her aunt. And I could tell by the tone of her voice something was wrong. What happened? What happened? She said. Chloe got shot. Chloe doesn't even know she's been shot, but Chapman wants her daughter to know someday, but not yet. You know, a two-year-old doesn't really, you know, can't process this. She knows something happened. So her mom doesn't even, can't even tell her right now. Here's her mom's quote. Hopefully, when she gets older, all of this violence is going to stop. I don't know how she thinks it's just automatically going to stop. And I could tell her once upon a time, Chicago was crazy. It was common for babies like you to get shot, but lucky you survived to tell a story. Listen to this. From her mom's mouth. It was common once upon a time. Chicago was crazy. It was common for babies like you to get shot. Common. This is what they're living with and experiencing every single day. Where's Black Lives Matter? This two-year-old... Her life mattered. Random shooting. And what do we get? The Chicago police are the problem. So Rahm Emanuel, the embattled Chicago mayor, led the cover-up of the Laquan McDonald shooting. His fingerprints are all over it. And he held it back so that he could win election. What a despicable human being. His self-serving political agenda and political needs outweighed the best interests of the city of Chicago to just tell the people what happened. Hey, here's what happened. We're investigating it. This may hurt me politically, but I don't care about that. Rahm should have said. 
We got a problem here. We're going to look in. We're not going to accuse anybody anything at this point, but here's what we got. And here's what we know. So he puts together this task force, this hastily gathered task force. And the reason he did it was to blame the Chicago Police Department to save his political backside. Here's a couple of things from this report. The, the, the Police Accountability Task Force arose amidst a significant and historic public outcry. The outcry brought people into the streets, on social media, and on other views to say in a very clue, uh, clear voice that they had reached a breaking point with the entire local law enforcement infrastructure. But they didn't say we've reached a breaking point about the black-on-black violence in the city of Chicago. Wipe that away, sweep it away, sweep it under the rug. Let's talk about the aberration that was the Laquan McDonald incident. This is cultural dysfunction. This is subculture behavior. And it needs to be called out. So later on this report says, as we dug deeper into the complaints of so many about the callous and disrespectful ways in which they had been treated by some officers, we also understood that we had an important duty to lay bare the systemic and sanctioned practices that led to the deaths of fellow citizens and the deprivation of rights of so many others. What about Chloe's rights? What about nine-year-old Tyshawn Lee's rights, who was lured into an alley by his dad's rival gang member and shot and killed, nine-year-old Tyshawn Lee. By the way, his name never came up in this report. It goes on to say, to be sure individual officers must own responsibility for not merely their actions each day, but also the reverberating and sometimes corrosive and lingering effect of those actions on citizens. This line could have very well said, to be sure... Individual citizens must own responsibility for not merely their actions, blah, blah, blah. No, let's blame the police. This is Rahm Emanuel. Threw the police overboard once again. And then it says, Chicago Police Department in particular must face the problems in order to fix them. No, the black community must face their self-inflicted pathologies and those brought on by failed liberal urban politicians, Democrats, that's what they must face. Instead of these aberrations like Walter Scott, it's an aberration. Whenever I get at, well, Sheriff, what about Walter? I said, it's an aberration. And we're taking care of it. So the report goes on to say, here's the crux of it as far as I'm concerned. The deaths of numerous men and women of color whose lives came to an end solely because of an encounter with police. No, it wasn't. More times than not, they're up to no good. They're either involved in some suspicious activity, or they're pulled over for a traffic stop, or for a field interview stop. They flee, they fight, they resist. They're not just walking down the street with a rosary intertwined in between their fingers and saying their prayers. They're not on their way to church. What do you mean solely because of a police encounter? 
And it says that outreach exposed deep and longstanding fault lines between black and Latino communities on one hand and the police on the other, arising from police shootings, to be sure, but also about daily persuasive transgressions that prevent people of all ages, races, ethnicities, and genders across Chicago from having basic freedom of movement in their own neighborhood. Oh, you mean like four, a two-year-old Chloe who didn't have freedom of movement? You mean Tyshawn Lee? who didn't have freedom of movement, you mean the 1,000 people who have been shot in the city of Chicago this year and the over 150 who have been murdered who didn't have freedom of movement or freedom to live? But let's not talk about that. We're going to continue this in the next segment. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. While the babyface Bozo faced off with the guard, the Big Mama tried to make off with the goods, which began a battle between three thieves and two employees in the parking lot. Cops were called, and the Hamptons were taken to the Broward County Jail, where they were hit with multiple theft and battery charges. Coming up, be kind, rewind, and don't hit someone with a VCR. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Here's a good spot to listen to this interview I had with a radio station out of Chicago, WIND AM 560, and my thoughts about this Chicago Police Task Force report. Uh, Let's play this right now. Well, let's get a law enforcement perspective on this. Someone who speaks in unvarnished lingo when it comes to these matters. He is friend of the show and Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark. Sheriff Clark, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Dan Johnson, my pleasure. Good morning to you. Good morning to your listeners. Look, if if Ron Emanuel believes what's in this fraud report, then he alone is responsible for it, and he should resign immediately. Accountability starts at the top. His reign as mayor of the great city of Chicago has been a train wreck. His reign over the Chicago Police Department and the handling of the Laquan McDonald case has been a train wreck. Emmanuel is an embattled mayor right now. He's under fire. And instead of instead of accepting responsibility for his failure of leadership, he throws the fine men and women of the Chicago Police Department overboard to save his his uh, political backside. Sure. He's trying to distance himself from this by slapping together this hodgepodge of, of mainly, not all, mainly anti-police agenda-driven groups to blame the police. But look, his fingerprints are all over this. I don't this think report you... is politically motivated and fundamentally flawed. It starts out with a predetermined conclusion that the entire Chicago Police Department is racist. This is nothing more than a continuation of the war on police. And then they went about using nothing more. I read the executive summary. I have it in my hand. It it uses nothing more than emotional and anecdotal claims to prove it. There is absolutely no evidence contained in this report to support these slanderous claims. This report... Is it misuses data? It manipulates statistics. What method? What research methodology did they use to put this together? I've done graduate level research. This report is junk. I would agree with you that it's a political argument, and I said so in my weekend column, Sheriff. But you've been in law enforcement a long time—thirty-eight years. Are you telling me? And you're African American, correct? 
So are you telling me that you didn't encounter police racism when you were a rookie starting out on the job? No, I didn't. And to, for anybody to, to just throw this claim out You there, did not? No, I didn't. Right. And for anybody to, I, I think I was clear on that, mm-hmm. for anybody to just throw this out there, you know, it's like throwing spaghetti up against a wall, all right? That's a slanderous claim for someone to say, yeah, police officers are racist. And you know what? There's racism through every demographic and every discipline and every um, uh, work type in America. Sometimes it's part of the human condition. Okay, but if you're asking me that the men and women that I worked with at street level and I work with today come in with malice in their heart, with racist intent to go about doing their daily duty, is wrong. I will not stand for it. Are are police officers imperfect? Sure, because it's part of the human condition. But when this stuff happens, we and, and me as a law enforcement executive, it is my job. My job to root these people who don't believe in this, uh, don't belong in this profession, out of this profession, and not have the entire profession or an entire police department, like the fine men and women of the Chicago Police Department, to have their integrity, their character, their service, their sacrifice maligned because of an aberration like Laquan McDonald. Nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, correct myself there. Very few would justify what happened and from what we saw, but I don't know all the evidence in, in that case. But to think that we need to fundamentally change the way we police in America because of Mike Tay or Mike Brown, because of Eric Garner, because of Freddie Gray, because of Laquan McDonald is wrong. That would be like trying to fundamentally change the medical community because of a botched surgical procedure. You don't do that. You fix that situation there, and you leave the rest of it alone. This is going to be a disaster for the city of Chicago if any of these any of these recommendations are implemented. You know who will pay the highest toll? Good, law-abiding black people in the Chicago ghetto. You know what's that's interesting, uh, Sheriff Clark, is that... Um it's very difficult to find somebody who will speak with moral clarity, who even though they feel the same way that you do about this report here in Chicago. We had Dean Angelo, who's the president of the FOP in Chicago, on, and he certainly uh, went after the report, uh, making some of the points you did in more muted tones. And I've talked to friends of mine that are Chicago Police Department uh, officers and administrators and they feel the same way but it's a political culture where people are afraid to speak out as well and and i wonder when you talk to law enforcement around the country if you find that to be the case or if maybe this is something that's uh, particular to chicago no it's not particular to chicago which is why i'm i'm uh uh, sticking my nose into what's going on down there. It's only 80 miles uh, up the road, by the way, or, or, or down the road, I should say. But look, this is an assault on the profession of policing, which is why I do have something to say about what's going on in Chicago. This is They're not just trying to fundamentally change the Chicago Police Department, but they're trying to do it all across America. This is going to have disastrous results. It's going to get citizens killed. It's going to get police officers unnecessarily injured and killed. Because of it, you have people who have never done this job a day in their life trying to fix it. That's why I use the medical community analogy. I don't know anything about the medical community. Why would somebody put me on a task force to change the medical community? I'm not educated on on the subject of, of medical science. I've never done it. It would be inane to have something like this. If we want to have a discussion, and I'm all for this, 
about some things that are bothering the community in terms of how you police, how you police in the ghetto. First of all, it would give us a chance to explain why we have to do some of the things we do. A lot of this is based on the fact that many people who, who don't like the way we have to police the ghetto, by the way, it's because you don't have enough informal social controls in the ghetto. You have all of these pathologies that require assertive policing. Maybe they have a better understanding. We could hear their concerns, and maybe we could make some adjustments, not a total transformation of, of, of this profession. Uh, this it, is wrong. I'm going to continue to push back on this. Sheriff, because- I, I don't mean to interrupt, but Sheriff Clark, so in Chicago, investigative stops year over year are down 90 percent. 100,000 plus fewer stops this year as of uh, April 15th than last year, which is just a staggering number. And you hear, you, you know, you, you've got police that are gun shy, but then you hear from residents that say, well, wait a second. One of the arguments that's made, wait a second, if police aren't willing to do their job, then that's a problem, too. And that's on police. What do you say to that? Yeah, see, you know, it's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's picture poison. When we do policing that's effective, reasonable, and constitutional, certain groups, I'm not blaming everybody in the city of Chicago. I wouldn't do that in any city in America. Then they don't like it. Then when they get what they ask for, these this inane idea of no goal zones, stop all of this racist <laughs> stop, you know, these traffic stops, then they say, oh, they're not doing their job and they need to be gotten rid of. I'll tell you what, if these, if these blowhards think this is so easy, then they ought to come out here and try it. Like I said, the reason why we have to have so much assertive policing, not just in the Chicago ghetto, but in the Milwaukee ghetto, the New York, the Ferguson ghetto, the Baltimore ghetto, is because you don't have informal social controls that keep crime and violence in check, like effective parenting. All right? The fact that you have inescapable poverty. If poverty's become a lifestyle, that's Rahm Emanuel's fault because he hasn't found any remedies for that. You have a failing K-12 public education. That's an informal social control. Schools, right? Failing schools. That's Rahm Emanuel's fault. You have massive unemployment with brown and black people, not only in the city of Chicago, all across America. Rahm Emanuel, as mayor, is supposed to come up with remedies to make sure people can find meaningful work. Meaningful work is an informal social control that will give idle people less time to engage in crime and violence. When you look at all these pathologies and the fact that Rahm Emanuel has no answer for these pathologies, it's easy to just throw the police under the bus and blame the police. That's what's going on here. That's the political motivation. He is Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark with an idea that about 70% of the city could get around Rahm Emanuel resigning. Sheriff Clark, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time as always. It's always my pleasure. Enjoy your day. Okay, when we come back, I want some give you some final thoughts on this report, and then I'll have some comments to say on the uh, week that was in the presidential race. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. I need more vibrant colors in my ties. Note to self, get new neckties. The difference is Donald Trump not only thinks about that, which is fine. Donald Trump goes on television the next morning in prime time, prime morning time, and says, you know, I've been thinking about, forget the Soviets, I've been thinking about my neckties. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. 
final segment here, I want to finish out on this report, read a little bit more from it. I'll have some commentary, and then uh, at the end of the program, I'll get into the, uh, the presidential race. So here's some more language from this report. Stopped without justification, verbally and physically abused, and in some instances arrested and then detained without counsel. Now, you know that's a lie. That is what we heard about over and over again. Heard about is the key phrase there. That's what we heard about. That's why I said this is nothing more than emotional and anecdotal evidence or references. Heard about. It's called hearsay. Back to this report here. Many of those voices came from young people who were on the front lines of daily encounters with the police, whether on the streets or in schools. No, they're not. They're on the front lines in the Chicago streets with Chicago gang and drug lords. The police stand as a barrier to protect them from the crime and violence. It's why they're called the Thin Blue Line. Here it says, far too many of our residents are at daily risk of being caught up in a cycle of policing that deprives them of their basic human rights. Wrong again, a swing and a miss. What stands between them and the deprivation of their basic human rights are other black gang and drug dealers. Gang leaders. That's what stands between them and their basic human rights. And again, I ask, where's the evidence? Show me the evidence that this stuff exists, that they're being denied their freedom of movement and their basic human rights by the show me the evidence. There is none. It's all anecdotal and emotional. So it says here, the videotape itself, and this is the uh, McDonald's shooting. The videotape itself, the initial official reaction, which but for the efforts of the journalistic community, likely would have been relegate, likely would have relegated McDonald's death to less than a footnote in the over 400 police-involved shootings of citizens since 2008. That's Rahm Emanuel's fault. He wanted it held back. He used his authority because of his political ambition. He had a re-election coming up soon. He couldn't have this out there. You want to blame the police for this? So it goes on here, you know, to, to make some other unsubstantiated claims. You know, here the task force reached out to 95 community groups. They hosted three youth forums. Oh, yeah, those are going to be real uh, uh, bastions of, of intelligent and uh, critical thought. None of this is supported by evidence. None of it. So here's what their overarching findings were. We arrived at this point in part because of racism. Oh, there it is. There it is again. That old pesky racism. Old reliable, I call it. We arrived at this point because of a mentality in the Chicago police that the ends justify the means. We arrived at this point because of a failure to make accountability a core value and imperative within the Chicago Police Department. We arrived at this point because of a significant underinvestment in human capital. No, you arrived at this point because of black-on-black crime, and that's why you have a need for so much assertive policing. 
And the only people who care about the black, the, the, the lives of black people in Chicago are the Chicago police officers who go down there and risk their lives to serve and protect. Don't have me this crap. So, you know, the task force heard over and over again from a range of voices, particularly from African-Americans, that some CPD officers, Chicago police, are racist, have no respect for the lives and experiences of people of color, and approach every encounter with people of color as if the person, regardless of age, gender, or circumstance, is a criminal. Show me the evidence. I need to see it, because if it exists, I'm going to do something about it. It doesn't exist. And then, of course, they go and they they put a couple graphs and maps in here to make it look, uh, you know, like there's some academic rigor involved in this junk. This would get me an F if I handed this in to a statistics class and said, here's my research project, professor. I did some research, gathered some data, and here it is. He'd give me an F. He'd throw or she would throw it back at me and say, get this out of here. This is garbage. You didn't substantiate any of that. You just put some words on paper, added a few graphs. This is not... This contains no academic rigor. None. This is just boilerplate stuff. If we go back to Holder's Ferguson report, all of this stuff about disparate traffic stop data has been debunked. Holder's own Department of Justice did the study, the National Institute of Justice. And they said, they explained the differences in traffic stops that can simply be attributed to differences in offending. For example, seatbelt usage is chronically lower among blacks. The NIJ said in a 2013 study, if a law enforcement agency aggressively enforces traffic violations in in those areas that are black, police will stop more black drivers. But this report adds, three out of every four black drivers, three out of 75% of the black drivers, drivers said when they were surveyed, police had a legitimate reason for stopping them. You're darn right they did. But yet we hear driving while black, walking while black, breathing while black. How about black on black crime? Fix the ghetto. If you want to end these encounters, fix the ghetto. Fix the schools. Make sure you people can find meaningful work. And inescapable poverty. That's all Rahm Emanuel's fault. And I'm going to let these people, this has to be defeated wherever it is and whatever the cost. That's my mindset as I go on with a counter offensive in this war on cops. This will be interesting. Let me close with some, some thoughts on the uh, presidential race in New York primary. Once again, Donald Trump rises from the ashes. I don't know how many times I've had to say everything that happens here is not a seismic shift. And even this isn't. But we thought after Iowa, Donald Trump was done. We thought when he didn't do as well as he thought he was in sweeping Super Tuesday, well, there's some some cracks in the armor. We saw after Wisconsin... Well, he's, he's dead this time. This all came from the political pundits, the media elites, the political elites who hate Donald Trump. 
Once again, I'll have to put an asterisk here. I do not have a horse in this race. I will support the Republican nominee for president. I'll wait till the end, and that's when I'll start doing the cheerleading. Because the goal, to me, isn't who wins it. The goal is to defeat the Democrats in November. To defeat and stop Mrs. Bill Clinton from becoming the next commander-in-chief, the next president of the United States. That's the goal. That's all I care about, folks, and that's all I want. I'll let you all argue and, and, and fight and tear each other up over, you know, Cruz and, 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 and Trump. And I don't really care about it. You go ahead and do that. But I don't care about that stuff. I only care about the GOP winning in November. So now they move into some other uh, northeastern states. They set up well for Donald Trump, but we still have a long way to go. It's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining me on The People's Sheriff. You can keep up with me on Twitter at Sheriff Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E, and at thepeoplesheriff.com. God bless you. The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, The People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio. 